Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben from the Lean Blog. This is episode number 33 for November 17th, 2007. Our guest today is Jim Hunsinger from the Lean Accounting Summit and also from the Training Within Industry Summit. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the most recently held Lean Accounting Summit and some of uh, the current trends in in that area. Uh, stay tuned for future podcasts. We have episodes coming up uh, with David Meyer, co-author of uh, Toyota Talent and the Toyota Way Fieldbook. And we also have another couple of episodes with our good friend Norman Bodek. So as always, thanks for listening. You can get all of the past episodes at leanpodcast.org. Well, joining us from Indiana, a previous guest on the podcast um, is Jim Hunsinger from uh, the Lean Accounting Summit. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Uh, we, we've talked before, uh, but wanted to get an update on um, how things went at this year's um, Lean Accounting Summit. It was just recently held. I was wondering if you could um, tell us about what happened there. Um, uh, another very good year with it. Um, uh, probably this year, even more than the previous years, probably even a bit more energy and uh, passion behind the, the attendees. Um, and you definitely can feel, or I shouldn't say feel, actually tell by just in conversations that uh, learning is, they are learning about the topic and, and, and understanding it better in their organizations. Um, not only my own experience and my discussions with attendees, but in talking with our group of presenters and thought leaders, got the same feedback from them. They said, you know, the, there's definitely a, a maturity to the questions that are being asked asked from the attendees, and um, so definitely advancing the knowledge, which in turn means ad advancing the implementation integration of lean accounting or accounting for lean into their organizations. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a... Um, uh, a very positive step and, and very reassuring to hear. And also, too, definitely a, a lot of fir firms that have been at past summits that uh, returned and returned with a larger contingent of people. And just not not their only their um, you know accounting finance people, but also sales and marketing people, you know operational people, engineering people, and so forth. So definitely understanding how this is um, definitely a key function and feature in you know, integrating um, lean accounting for the whole business enterprise. So that was a very positive thing to see. Did you tend to have more of a, a mix of attendees from different functions within within the companies, more so than folks from an accounting function? Yes, yeah, very much so. And that's and that's something we had stressed in previous um, years. You know, particularly um, you know operational people. You know, the thing we would usually say would be. You know, the operational people complain about the accountants or the finance people, and here you are. So bring back, bring your operational mm, people back mm -hmm. with you <laughs> so you can come together and learn together. And this year, not only were they doing that, but they were bringing sales and marketing, um, engineering, IT people. So we're bringing even uh, a more broad contingent of people. So that was, that was very positive. Okay. And I think we'll obviously pay off for the firms as they go through this to make the transition, you know, much, much more positive because they have, you know, more of the organization involved and knowledgeable. Yeah. So we're building bridges through lean accounting. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, before we, we talk more about what happened at the summit, could, could you give a, a, a quick recap or, or summary for folks maybe who haven't listened before of, um, you know, 
what what makes uh, lean accounting lean accounting in terms of you know how it's different from you know traditional accounting mindsets or how it helps support uh, lean manufacturing implementation. Yeah, I guess a quick summary is is traditional accounting, and again, this is in, in the context of internal accounting or managerial accounting, not not necessarily financial accounting, but uh, traditional accounting obviously was set up and developed for. Um, you might call traditional manufacturing, traditional operation, operation which is more batch manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So the measurements and things and information you collect in, in transaction you do in traditional accounting really kind of give you counter signals um, when you're trying to go through a lean transformation. So lean accounting, or a lot of times like we want to refer to it as accounting for lean, are using different measures and using them differently to help promote um, the changes that are going on from a from a lean a transformation process, and also give you more accurate information as well that uh, help that basically helps you make better decisions in support of um, the transformation process you're going through, and ultimately to you know, satisfy the customer better with you know uh, lower cost, better quality, and and you know better uh, delivery. Mm-hmm. So really, just a change in the way you measure. And make decisions in order to support that that lean functionality. Yeah, and and so when you make a distinction between, I guess the semantics of you know, lean accounting versus accounting for lean. I mean, sometimes when people think of lean accounting, do they think in terms of we're doing traditional accounting methods in a lean way, such as you know somehow you know uh, taking cycle time out of accounting processes, or, or can you talk a little bit more about the the semantical differences there? Yeah, and that, and that that kind of that discussion definition is still going on. But one thing I say, lean accounting. I mean, you could go in and for um, like accounts receivable or a traditional type of of role or function that accounting does, and just like in manufacturing, and, and improve the lead time um, it takes to do that, improve the amount of resources consumed in accomplishing that. So you can definitely go into the accounting specific functions and make improvements there um, from just again. From a time time consumption standpoint or resource consumption standpoint, make improvements. Accounting for lean, when we talk about that, is probably more in the context of these things that um, accounting may do or information and, and measures that they gather that uh, give you information that helps you make better decisions from an operational standpoint. And by operational, I don't necessarily mean just manufacturing operationally, I mean from an operational standpoint on any functionality within the organization, um, whether you're a manufacturing company or service company, but give you better feedback of information to help you make better decisions more quickly and more accurately on the way you manage your, your business, mm-hmm. which again, traditionally that was managerial accounting and, um, and this accounting for lean or lean accounting is is functionally different in the fact it's Supporting the account or the lean lean activities that are going on in an organization. Yeah, and uh, what, what's one of the the classic situations, I guess, where um, you know traditional accounting would either start um, acting counter to some of the lean practices that a, a company is implementing? Um, one one would be in a sense one would be in a sense of trying to get an idea on um, you know what your, what your costs are. And from a historical standpoint, that's what drove originally a lot of the uh, internal accounting activities is just trying to get a grasp on what internal costs were for decision-making purposes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, traditionally what you use is um, 
um, you know, um, absorption of overhead and try to put that across, you know, the different activities you're doing to try to understand the cost. Well, the problem with that is the consumption of resources that is actually going on is different from the way you allocate that uh, those costs, overhead costs, and so forth to the product. So one problem with it is it just flat out gives you incorrect information about what your internal costs are, so now you're making decisions off of inaccurate information, which mm -hmm. obviously can lead to poor decisions. And from a, from a lean standpoint, and a lot of this goes around the, the function or um, doing what's called value stream costing, is just simply gives you a more accurate cost picture of um, you know activities you're doing or products that you're making, so you can basically make better decisions because you have more accurate information on what those costs really are based on the true resource consumption that uh, that a product or a value stream is doing versus in a traditional absorption manner of of uh, standard costing um, function for trying to gather costs. So one one mistake you might be trying to avoid is let's say a company mistakenly thinking a, a certain product line or product family is unprofitable and, and deciding to shut that down when in reality or looking at it through uh, value stream costing type principles, you might decide otherwise that, yes, this actually is contributing to the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and there's, um, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of examples of, of that. Um, this gives a little plug for uh, AME, Association of Manufacturing Excellence, but I think in the last um, target uh, issue that came out. Um, I did an article with Doc Hall and um, I can't really, about conundrums, and it kind of walks through some of those very problems that come up mm -hmm. on poor information you get, and then the result of poor decisions you make with this poor or inaccurate information, and how that um, you know sometimes it could just be kind of a pain, but other times it can actually be quite catastrophic to the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering if you could uh, tell us about some of the the highlights from from the, the different speakers that you had at this year's um, summit. Maybe you know what what some of the uh, you know, key success stories have been um, in, in terms of lean accounting, or what are some of the the newer topics that your different speakers talked about. Well, one thing we we um, had more emphasis on this year than than in the past, and we. I want to keep trying to move this in this direction in upcoming years is um, kind of around um, uh, product development and um, Hoshin Connery or policy deployment. We've had things on policy deployment in the past, but had uh, more emphasis with some case studies and some uh, unique visual management tools that help um, with that uh, strategy deployment process. So we've definitely increased that and also began um, uh, Trying to expose more to lean product development, and the reason reason for that, and looking at strictly from a financial picture, and using Toyota as the model, um, is obviously the the shop floor kaizen that everybody has been working on for the last 20, 30 years is is very important, and, and um, it definitely helps to improve the bottom line bottom line of an organization. But if you look at the real power from a financial standpoint. Um, with Toyota, it's really their product and process development. And it, to them, that's kind of almost one and the same because that's really where they're generating about 85% of their financial advantage is, is out of that. Mm -hmm. And their shop floor, Kaizans and so forth, 
are really only 15% of that cost advantage. So we're trying to emphasize that more. Now, the importance of the shop floor Kaizen and all that is that's, for Toyota, that's their teaching and learning mm-hmm. uh, arena for these uh, managers or engineers as they move up in the organization and get into chief engineer, you know, high-level manager's role. They have that intimate understanding of the organization, the operation, the processes in particular. Um, but they want that intimate intimacy and knowledge there developed. So when they get up in these higher-level positions where they are impacting that 85% of the financial advantage, they, they're making better decisions. And they just kind of, you know, over the years, just keep churning and churning away at that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the reason we're trying to emphasize that just from a financial perspective. That's a very critical. And and although in the last few years, getting more, uh, I guess, play out there in the market, but it's just an area that didn't really tap into that much yet and really fully understood. So uh, can you tell us how does lean accounting help support product development and the types of managerial decisions that, uh, that leaders and companies would make in the in the course of developing new products. Um, but, but probably maybe probably maybe use this. I guess try to use this analogy to to try to explain it. And this was this analogy was told to me by Glenn Uminger, who was uh, who was actually the fellow that Toyota hired um, to help them develop their accounting system for North America. And what he calls it is is called the black box. And the black box in this case is, you know, an operation, a plant that, you know, in Toyota's case, the plant that makes cars. Mm-hmm. And what, the way he describes the black box is obviously you have inputs, raw material, people, equipment that come into the, the black box, mm-hmm. and then outputs, in their case, cars or whatever product organization might make. Um, so from a accounting standpoint, obviously from these inputs and these outputs, and he'll draw arrows that go up from the black box, and they do all they do all the traditional accounting chunking, as I call it, and you know generate financial information and all that. Mm-hmm. So the difference comes in is Toyota does that like everybody else. Difference comes in is that information doesn't transcend back down into the black box for decision making purposes. It stays external to the black box. Now the key, I guess, back to the question you asked, the product process development. That's what's so key to them because it's that their ability to make um, design excellent systems, you might say in this case for flow and for good problem solving, mm-hmm. and execute those systems very well, you know, operate them, and again, the problem solving aspect, and then ultimately improve them. So they're really looking at designing the system right for, to begin with, learning or uh, executing it very well, then continually improving on both those accounts. And that stuff happens within the black box and is really a result of this product process development process, which gets into you know, the product development process itself, um, things like Hoshin Connery and policy deployment, and just how critical that is to give them that uh, huge cost, you know, in a sense, margin advantage they have in the market, as well as with just delivering a higher quality, um, more desirable product. So that's, I guess, that's kind of how that relationship is, is, and that's where it gets into not just the lean accounting, mm-hmm. but the, the understanding of the accounting for lean standpoint. Sure. What systems do you have in place to support that? you know, black box system design, ex- system execution, and improvement mm-hmm. process involving you know, the system, and by the system to them, is av- the most important part of that system is the people yeah. and developing their people. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly. Um, from, may, maybe from some of the uh, speakers or case studies or examples that are being presented, um, are, are there certain companies that you could point to as 
I, I guess, BAME leaders in terms of applying um, lean accounting or accounting for lean? Is it kind of the, the, I guess, the typical suspects in terms of who has been successful with lean in general or what, what, what types of um, trends are you seeing either in terms of you know, specific companies or industries that are having success with this? I don't, I don't know if there's any specific industries per se, because I think it's kind of been unique to particular companies that have, have just been willing to, in a sense, grab the ball and, and run with it. One thing that we do get feedback on, which is always interesting, is um, people asking us for, do you, well, can, you, can you bring in companies for case studies that have um, uh, you know, quite a few years of uh, lead accounting experience? And, and it's um, kind of funny because, well, if you get somebody that maybe has a good three years under their belt doing it, they're actually, you know, relatively speaking, a mature company mm-hmm. in doing this because there just isn't really organizations out there that have done it for for a very long period of time. But there are a few that have been involved with it for three, you know, three, four, maybe up to five years. Um, and we try to bring them in. We've had, you know, uh, Parker Hannafin who has has been working on this, you know, different depending on division and plant, yeah. they've been working on this for a while. Uh, this year, that did a case study. Actually, um, at our first lean accounting summit in 2005, bought a contingent and actually held their um, global finance meeting there coming at, and they all attended the summit. Well, they, they didn't come back in 2006, and obviously we noticed, and mm-hmm. I contacted the CFO, what he told me was, um, he said, wow, we've ju- we just learned so much at the first summit that we're still up to our necks in, <laughs> in applying what we learned there. Yeah. And they end up coming back this year as a case study. So oh, that, okay. you know, that was you know, a very, very good story to, to hear about and then have them come back and explain just what you know, they're in the process of going through and still continuing to learn. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure you were concerned that they had given up on it or, you know. Yeah, well, we didn't we we didn't really think they completely they'd given up on it, but <laughs> yeah. we were just kind of curious of where they were at. Yeah. But it was like I said, that's the kind of that's the kind of stories we like to hear. You know, even if they weren't at the 2006 summit, they were you know diving headfirst into it and and you know making changes and changing their organization for the better. And that's you know ultimately that's the result we want to get out of it. Yeah. Great. Uh, this this was the third um, summit. Uh, you're you're of course planning on, on doing one next year. Do you have uh, dates yes. or location already planned out for next year? I assume that you can share. Yeah, um, it is going to be next year, and we're going to have it in uh, Vegas. It looks like um, next year. Let me make sure I verify the dates, and it'll be September seventeenth uh, and eighteenth. Okay. Um, will be the summit itself, and then of course we'll have um, uh, you know day of workshops. That's one thing we did um, this year. I won't say differently, but had even a few more workshops associated with the summit this year, and we've had in previous years. Mm-hmm. So we definitely get a very strong attendance at the workshops, just people to try to get even a little bit more intimate understanding of particular topics associated around um, the subject matter. Yeah. And then hopefully even with doing uh, the event in Las Vegas next year, you'll still have good attendance at the the workshop so people won't be too distracted by Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything else. Yeah, we, we, we hope so. <laughs> uh, well, great. And, and people can find more information about that. Uh, you, what, you, the website for the Lean Summit, again, is? Yeah, www, uh, www.leanaccountingsummit.com. So Lean Accounting Summit, all one word. Okay. And yeah, so they can obviously um, get information about the conference, 
um, dates, uh, location, registration. There's a resource page on there that uh, lists books on the subjects on the subject. And uh, here pretty soon, one thing we're going to try to do differently this year is get our agenda in place even earlier. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get our agenda up by the by December before the end of the year, so people can you know get a good look at you know what's going to be um, offered at next year's summit. Although we still have there's still a link on there to look at this last year's summit too to get an idea of what we've had uh, this past year. Okay, real good. And then uh, your, your attention will shift a little bit. Um, the other thing that's exciting that uh, you're involved in is uh, work around the, the training within industry program. And um, wonder if you could tell us what plans are for uh, for this year's TWI summit. Yeah, this year's TWI summit. Last year was the first year for it, so um, uh, I guess the inaugural event. So this this next year, and it's going to be at, in uh, May sixth and seventh, um, two thousand and eight, down in Orlando, Florida. And um, you know, we're excited about this. Again, this is definitely something that's that's growing. Um, just actually, even the last week, I've got a couple phone calls um, about the, not necessarily even about the summit itself, but just about people interesting about learning more about TWI and its um, impact and influence and contribution to their lean transformation, mm-hmm. and really learning to understand that more. So that that knowledge is is definitely spreading and getting out there, and people are getting more and more engaged with uh, what TWI is and how it can help them as an organization and how it can help them as an organization with their lean transformation. Um, so so we're very excited about this. We're um, at this year's summit. Um, obviously, still go through some of the basics just because people are still learning about it, you know, what TWI is and, and yep. functionally, you know, how they use it. But uh, one thing we are going to try to – a couple things we're going to emphasize more at this uh, this next year's um, TWI summit. One is um, kind of on the people side of lean or, you know, the, the cultural mm-hmm. issues and changes the organization need to go through and how TWI has and still does play a significant role with that for a new organization going through this as well as with, within Toyota. TWI is still very much a part integrated in Toyota um, even today. And another thing we're going to add to this year's summit is, is do some workshops. Last year we just had um, just the summit, getting a half a summit. Mm-hmm. And this year, similar to the Lean Accounting Summit, we're going to add, into some, add in some workshops. And that's actually what's called the J programs, which are the programs that uh, TWI developed, um, job methods, job instruction, and job relations training, and actually have that training available um, not during the summits itself, but in the days afterwards, so people can actually go through that J program training and mm-hmm. probably even have something maybe like a TWI 101 to mm-hmm. kind of give people a basic idea of what TWI is about and how it can help their organization as well, you know, to maybe like a half-day workshop on that. Oh, great. So those J programs will be uh, presented pretty much by the book as they were designed through, uh, yes. through the TWI program. Neat. Yes, the TWI program, and and our and our goal for that is to get that information and agenda up um, by uh, by next month, by November, so people can you know actually start going to the website, mm-hmm. which is www.twisummit.com, all one word, and uh, just get an idea of what's what's going to be talked about. And again, same thing as Lean Accounting Summit website. You can go the, go there and click on a link, and it'll show you what last year's agenda was mm-hmm. as well, just to get a feel for it. Well, great. Well, I'm, I'm I'm certainly hoping I can attend that next year. Um, you know, the the TWI approach uh, is is being somewhat rediscovered uh, within healthcare and within hospitals. 
uh, as well, which I, I think is, uh, you know, I think great proof to, um, how, tra- you know, how applicable and, and transferable, not, not just lean, but the, the TWI methodology, um, you know, we're kind of reinventing the wheel because I, I know there's some great references back to, um, the, the, the heyday of TWI during World War II of how that was being applied to healthcare. So it's yeah. good that that's being rediscovered. Yeah. And that's to, that's to every, with the healthcare costs there are today, that's to everybody's advantage. Absolutely. Um, well, well, Jim, thanks for sharing, um, you know, what's, what's going on in the lean accounting world and, and, and with the summits. Um, appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, for people listening, uh, if, if you want links to the websites or, um, you know, previous discussions that Jim and I have had, you can, um, visit the, the main podcast page at leanpodcast.org or you can go to leanaccountingsummit.com or twisummit.com to, to learn more. Or I imagine if people want to contact you, Jim, that they can do that through your, through your web pages. Yes, certainly. Most definitely. Okay. And I, I appreciate uh, your efforts and, and uh, support on this with, um, with what you're doing, Mark, as well. And I, I really enjoy doing these um, um, podcasts with you. Well, thanks. It's, it's good having you, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again, do another podcast soon. Okay, great. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.